3: Jubilati everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show sponsored by Betway. Tommy Tuchel faces Ollie Gunner in the Prem and West Brom need a win against Brighton. It's Friday 26th of February. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore.
1: And I'm Andy Russell.
3: Welcome... A one and all, my goodness! I love a Friday when you've had some sweet, sweet Europa League action, Luke Moore.
0: Yes, absolutely agree. Um, although I made the error of watching the lion's share of the Leicester City game, oh, uh, but it could, it, no, it could have been worse. Though it could have been worse because I could have watched Manchester United, couldn't
3: I? Oh, well, you knew uh, not to because of the first leg.
0: Exactly. But yeah, you never know what's going on. You might get sank a little bit interested in Manchester United. Um, but I, didn't, I, watched, I watched the Leicester City game. But look, it's fine. I was really, really negative about, um, about the Wolfsburger game the night before. Mm. I don't know if you guys heard, but I just thought it was appallingly bad. Andy Brassel will probably be about to tell me why actually Wolfsburg are a really good team and one to watch out for for the future.
3: But mm. it, was, it was awful. I was disappointed with you saying that because Deli Ali scored an overhead kick. It's a lovely one. And based a on, on that performance, Jose Mourinho was saying, obviously, he was back to his best and so on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but can, I, can I just say, I thought the best thing I could do, Marcus, in this situation, yeah. and I think you'll be on board with me here, uh-huh. just get straight back on the horse. Yes. Get straight back on the Europa League horse. So, yes. And so I did that last night, and yeah. I'm pleased I did.
3: Well, fair enough. I mean, did you enjoy the Slavia Prague players uh, FaceTiming... Um, Uh, Suchek, the West Ham midfielder in the centre circle after they beat Leicester and he was celebrating with them with his old shirt on. I thought it was unnecessary but I very much enjoyed it. You stuck around for that at least. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I heard it happen and I went back and watched it. Okay,
3: I didn't want you to miss that little easter egg. Uh, Andy, did you uh, watch a particular match last night? I know you're a big fan of the Europa.
1: Yeah, I watched Arsenal Benfica, oh, yeah. and because I've I know you've always wanted me to reveal who my Swiss Super League team is, <laughs> I, I, I watched Leverkusen versus Young Boys afterwards. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're a big.
0: I fan think of everyone young
3: knew boys. you were a fan of Young Boys, didn't they? Uh-huh. There's a joke in there somewhere, but yeah. uh, but yes, I think uh, I think well, Andy, you warned um, a, a few of us off watching Benfica versus Arsenal last week, or in the in the previous leg. The first leg, rather, the previous hmm. leg. There's only two of them. <laughs> How many <laughs> legs? Is, is it a Netflix series? <laughs>
0: <laughs> How many legs? <laughs> I wasn't even the, there wasn't even the series finale last we're up night. Three seventh, more to go. We're
3: up to our seventh leg here, for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, Yes, but it was it was a great win for Arsenal, though. You have to say, showing Showed a lot of character. Showing a lot of character. Um, if Bukayo Saka is not their
1: Player of the Season, then who on earth is who on earth will be Andy? Um, he was he was terrific, again. And um, he really saved Arsenal because they were finding a great way of arsenaling it. Um, going out on away goals in a time where there were, there were no home games would, would, <laughs> would, would, would have been spectacularly Arsenal, especially the manner of the, 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 the second goal as well, the way that Ceballos, um gave that away. And the fact that Benfica were terribly out of Nick. I mean, all the Benfica players was saying afterwards um well we we played one of the best teams in the world and you know we just came up a, a little bit short and it's it's one of those ones where you think really footballers have a completely different relationship with this reality mm-hmm. than than we do of course it was like a champions league tie in name etc etc but not in actuality it was very enjoyable it was very enjoyable did you like seeing adele in there I get to see him all the time. I'm not fast. Well, your mates with him <laughs> or something. Oh,
0: showing
3: sure enough. Can you believe he's only thirty-one? By the way,
0: no, I can't. I thought he was well older than that. I thought he was probably mid to late thirties by now. He's been around forever.
3: Yeah, I know what you mean. That is madness. Um, Look, when's Saka off to Man City then? Yeah, exactly. That's probably <laughs> that's probably on on the
0: cards, isn't it? I, I thought um, I saw a little bit of this game, uh, and I thought it was it was an entertaining one, obviously, and it was a big test for it for Arsenal. When Sabayos decided to do what he did, like some kind of interpretive, kind of modern art approach to, to European <laughs> football, where he would just, um, you, know, <laughs> you know, just go on. I don't really know what he was thinking, particularly with that headed back pass. Because in the replay, you can actually see him looking at the the former player from Benfica, right? right. Yeah, he still carried on doing what he was going to do. It was almost like he said, I've decided what I'm doing. Yeah. I'll just check. Yeah, it's probably not on, but uh-huh. I've made my decision yeah, now. Yeah. I can't go back. The worst thing you can do is change your mind. No, Danny, that's a penalty. Uh- <laughs> do change your mind in, a, in an open play. Change your mind all the time as the, as the situation developed. But no, he didn't want to. So um, it, uh, I think he would be, the, as, as someone was saying last night, he'd be the most relieved, um, he'd be the most relieved Arsenal player in there. It's but,
3: nice to see some bloody-mindedness back at Arsenal, but it's not in the way they wanted it.
0: No, exactly. I will fuck this up. Yeah. And no one's going to stop me. <laughs> But Andy, did you, did you, um? I mentioned, I think last week on a talk about, chatting about um Emil Smith-Rowe and then their signing of Martin Odegaard and whether they signed Odegaard because obviously they had the opportunity to do so, but also they weren't entirely sure that Smith-Rowe could consistently perform at his age in that mm. number 10 role. And it kind of makes sense because one of them's left-footed, one of them's right-footed, but then you have put Saka in the mix, who's Brilliant as a wide forward. Do, do you last night? I wondered whether they were they were finding it hard to have a bit of a mix and a blend with all those players playing.
1: Well, they've, they've barely. I think it's a, it's a decent point, but they have barely played together. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's it's but really just the. Start, I of mean, it's it. just
0: as Smith roberts gets his feet under the table, Erdegaard comes in and he thinks, well, what's happening here? You know.
1: Yeah, I, I can understand that, but then again, it's a it's a game where you don't really need to worry about development and the development of talent. They just needed to win. It was that simple because Arsenal lose that or Arsenal don't score that Aubameyang goal late on and and their season's pretty much done so I think for that all the question over Odegaard which for me has always been why when you're developing young players do you sign a player with no option to buy who you're basically developing on behalf of someone else whether Real Madrid are going to use him or whether they're going to sell him on a a profit whatever the case may be Um, but for, for, for this game that that doesn't matter at all because as I said before there's so much pressure on it for, for both teams because Benfica who were like beyond nailed on favourites for the title at the start of the season back in Portugal they're in fourth place at the moment and Jorge Jesus is really under the pump so both coaches were really under pressure and sometimes that doesn't come across if you don't have the context and of course if you don't have fans in there as well to give you that sort of sort of fervor but after it Jesus had to answer all sorts of questions about his future now I'm not saying um, Arteta would have had to do the same afterwards but there would have been quite a post mortem feel to it I think if you, you hadn't have had that that Aubameyang goal.
0: Marcus, do you, do you agree? Because some pundits said that, what Andy's just said there about Arsenal's season being over, they've been knocked out last night. I mean, they're only six
3: points off six. I mean, they, they, could, they could...
1: No, but that's, the, that's, I, the, I mean, that's get to get back to the same place, though, isn't it? I mean, I, they, I they, the want they want to move forward, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. It's always nice to see George Jesus, though, Andy. It doesn't matter if he's winning or losing. you know. OK, so your dad, Marcus. Good to see that head of hair. Um, mm. uh, I'd like to bring a former Arsenal man to our attention, Lauren Koscielny. Uh, Bordeaux of course did you see he gave an extraordinary press conference yesterday <laughs> he said about being at the club the atmosphere isn't great there's a lot of players <laughs> whose contracts are ending and who want to leave and then when asked on asked about his teammates he said I was instilled with some important values in life we haven't had the same upbringing and I'm having some trouble with that And he apparently had some heated words with uh, Hatton Ben Arfa after their recent game against Marseille. I mean, that's bound to happen, isn't it? It doesn't sound like Ben Arfa. That's just words to Hatton, I think.
1: (laughs) I I I think what's the most amusing thing when thinking about that is if you ask Ben Arfa his side of it and uh, he said Koscielny had some heated words with you, you go, oh, did he? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He'd just be totally unaware of it, I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really know what you expect, like, going to bordeaux do you expect to win cups do you expect to win titles i realize they're in a a bad place at the moment but that's partly because the owners are are, are putting no money in Mm. and partly because if i personally was playing for bordeaux the chateau oh my god the chateau at the training ground i would find it very hard to motivate myself to do anything other than have nice lunches
3: yeah at ben (laughs) arthur right Putting the shat in chateau. <laughs>
0: um, is that what's happening? They're just they just sitting around like in a beautiful chateau, I think it's eating too relaxed. loads of food and drinking wine. You think I, I've got to do a game on Saturday? I, what I mean? was he
3: moaning about? The atmosphere yeah. isn't great, you know. It's it's bloody it brilliant, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. You silly sod. You've, you, you know, you, <laughs> blimey, O'Reilly. I uh, think it's his fault. It's Lauren Caselli's fault for breaking up the <laughs> breaking up the uh, the piece. It might well be, chaps. Before we move on from uh, the Europa League and, uh, to the Premier League, little mention for Rangers. Stephen Gerrard's doing a great job. Another high-scoring game uh, in the, uh, the Europa League. They obviously beat Antwerp in the, in the final leg of that tie. Uh, and I'll tell you what... The, the season that <laughs> of, of, of the round of, what was it, 32? I forget. Yeah. It's ridiculous in there. It's like the, a round of 108, and then it's the round yeah. of whatever. And eventually, you think, oh, bloody hell, the final's here. Um, yeah. But I'll tell you what, Luke. Looking, I mean, the draw hasn't been made. It'll be made later today. But looking around, there will be a few teams... Who fancy themselves to go a little bit deeper in the competition than they they may have thought when they entered it? Uh, I, mean, very, very,
0: I mean, listen, this this round of this competition more than any other, mm. when it pertains to Rangers, it depends who they get in the draw, right? Mm. You can get you can get an incredible breadth of different types of teams in the next round. Yeah, um, Andy, I'm right in saying it's not seeded the next round, right? No. So it could get anyone. Roma, for uh, example. They, yeah, they could get yeah, exactly. They could get Man- they could Manchester get Manchester United, United or Roma, or they could get you know um, a Dinamo Zagreb or or uh-huh. a Slavia Prague, who who probably on balance were the better team over over two legs to Leicester. I thought Leicester were very sluggish in both those games, um, <clears throat> and struggled to find a tempo. And I'm not quite sure whether that was to do with Slavia Prague being great or whether Leicester were a little bit lethargic. So we don't I don't really know what to expect from them. But if Rangers get a, a decent draw. Why not? I mean, why not get in wow. into the quarterfinals?
3: I would mean, be amazing. If Ryan Kent's finishing off beautiful moves like that, Andy, it's all Looks playful. a really good
1: player. I, th- I think if you look at the way that Rangers have played against good opposition, against opposition, like with more money and resources than them, if you go back to the the, the group stage against Benfica, who they outplayed twice and should have beaten twice. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been terrific all season. The football they play is, is fantastic. I think there are a lot of big names in there, but there are not a lot of teams that make you think, Wow, that's too much. Yeah, oh. I, I, I I agree. I, I don't see why Rangers shouldn't be confident going mm-hmm. into
3: it. Yeah, well, we, we'll see the draw later, gentlemen. We know the draw for the Premier League this weekend, though. Chelsea are at home to Manchester United. And uh, obviously Manchester United it was easily went through against uh, Royal Society uh, in the end. Interesting... Um, <laughs> that uh, Bruno Fernandes started that game. And Ian Wright's a little bit concerned about Bruno Fernandes. He says he feels that he's getting more frustrated with his teammates and that could spill over and actually become quite unhelpful. And uh, Andy, we know Bruno Fernandes likes to lead. He's he's a sort of a talisman, if if you see what I mean. But do you think he's going to get too pissed off playing for Manchester United, (laughs) ultimately?
1: (laughs) I I think he's going to get too tired. And bear in mind,
3: Ian Wright was quite an angry player. And he's going, oh, I'll tell you what, I, I know what it's like to blow the top. I'm <laughs> worried I'm
0: just going to go on. <laughs> it takes one to know one. He's the arbiter of who's angry who isn't. I'd love that.
1: Yeah. That would be excellent. I've, I've no idea. Why do you pick Bruno Fernandes for a, a, a game like that? I yeah. don't understand at all. He wants uh, to play is, every is game. He, he yeah. The only thing I can think of is that he
0: wants to tick over. And he, he kind of knew he was only mm. going to play the first half and he needs to yeah. keep active maybe because he always wanted to play. It's throughout his career, Andy, really. He's always wanted to play, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, but, I, I mean, you know, he's he's still relatively young at the top level. I, I, I like the idea that he's turning into Harry Kane or Messi already, though. Yeah,
0: I, awesome. thought, I thought I thought it was mad that they... I mean, there's absolutely no reason at all to pick any of their so... You know, I don't want to be disrespectful to, the, to some of the other players, but any of their quote-unquote important players ahead of their game against Chelsea, which will be absolutely key, and it's mm-hmm. going to be a really fascinating game. I, I, I thought it was strange. The only thing I could think of was that he, he just said, like, I want 45 minutes to keep ticking over, so could you please just let me start and bring me off a half-time kind of thing. That's the only thing I can think of.
3: Yeah, well, Amon Diallo made his home debut last night, which is good to get him sort of up and running. And uh, little Showler came on as well, youngest player ever to represent Manchester United in, in Europe. So there was a few uh I don't say sort of ex- experiments if you like, but there was there was a few players who wouldn't normally start games, uh Luke, but I, I I do take your point. But focusing on the game against Chelsea, um Manchester United, they have been quite enjoyable to watch at times this season, to be fair, because you don't know what you're gonna get. There's just sort of goals at either end. But they've had a few nil-nils against the Big Six this season, which included against Chelsea back in November. And Andy, do you think with Solskjaer he's Perhaps he's a bit underrated when he thinks, right, let's make sure we keep a clean sheet here. Going on, though, that that particular sort of stat, it's perhaps to the detriment of scoring a goal. But this Manchester United side, you don't think of them going, right, we're playing against the big side, we're going to set up shop and make sure we get a
1: clean sheet. Um, I, I think that might be the aim. I'm not sure that's actually how it unfolds in, well, in, in, I, in the game itself. They've
3: had a few nil-nils against some of the, the, the big sides this season.
1: Yeah, I mean you know Manchester United would always be reactive I think largely reactive under under Solskjaer and th- th- that's, that's fine um, but I have to say in terms of what we're going to be looking forward to as a spectacle after a week where both of them have been in Europe and some players have played minutes they maybe shouldn't have I'm not massively optimistic about this being goal mongers to be perfectly honest. Are we going to get Pete in a bit to predict the no goal scorer? <laughs> well, maybe.
0: Yeah. More of that he later. might do. That's the one thing that will guarantee a goal, of course, hopefully.
3: <laughs> yeah, indeed, yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be interesting what uh, he comes up with. Um, uh, chaps, a man who's often sniffing around uh, Manchester United because uh, certainly one or two of his players are there, is Mino, uh, Mino Raiola who spoke to BBC Sport this week and he explained that when he suggested Paul Pogba's time at Manchester United could be over, he said, I just expressed an opinion. I didn't want to cause any problem. Whenever I tell my opinion, everyone in England goes berserk. Is he, <laughs> is he backtracking slightly, do you think? Does he not know that Pogba's injured? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's not playing again. He's not, he's not playing. Well, or maybe kind of... Cause I think his time could be over and Paul, Paul Pogba's gone. Actually, I'm quite enjoying it. Do we have to... Yeah. Uh... Do I have to move well, so quickly? Also,
0: I mean, Andy's Andy's the European football expert here, so maybe he can give us some insight. But to me, I'd like to know the the mechanism here. What actually happens? Does Mina Rola actually call people up whenever he feels like it? Or do, do people constantly call him trying to get him to say something? Because he is the most vocal agent since Eric Monster Monster Hall. Oh. God rest him. And it, I'd, well, I'd like to know whether this comes from Raula just constantly agitating, or whether people just know he's good for a quote, so they call him <laughs> up. And I also want Andy to describe that for those who listening who haven't seen what Mina Raula looks like, uh-huh. um, how he normally dresses, because to me it's absolutely fascinating as well, well for a man of such means.
1: Well, you, you, you have to say he's clearly taken um, his talk with BBC Sport very seriously, because I believe he wore a polo shirt and not a hoodie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, normally, normally it's tracksuit bottoms yeah. with a shirt with about five buttons undone, which hasn't been washed.
3: Oh, you see, I see. I can't, I can't even picture him in a shirt. It's a t shirt for me. He basically yeah. tries to uh, throw off the scent of any kind of importance or wealth that he has accumulated. T- of I which I suppose he's got a lot of.
0: I'll tell you what, I'll be good. I'll tell you what, I'll really throw the cat amongst the pigeons if Mina Rolo wants to actually make some proper headlines. Mm-hmm dressed like he normally dresses, yeah. but with the Pep Guardiola Man City bin man jacket on there. Imagine him being a photograph with a man city
3: coat on. Mino, if you're listening, yeah. get out there. He should do, do that. The, yeah, if he really if he had a bit of sense of humour and he really wanted to get I mean he confessed in this interview that he said he's bothered by the way agents are perceived and said, My players don't call me a parasite. I only care what the players call me. Yeah, they're the ones you're making money for, mate. They're yeah. the last ones are gonna
1: I think know. Marcus, he he said in this interview, I'm hoping to do business in the near future with some clubs that I've pissed off in the past.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and there's the reason. There it is. Yeah. It's quite strange. I mean, again, Mino Raiola's suggesting he's backtracking is suggesting I don't know that uh, you know uh, that, you know someone uh, some sort of dictator has had a change of heart and maybe he's, he's felt he's been a bit touch and uh, tough in the past or something. But it is quite interesting. Uh, uh, to, to, to see his little comments there and think okay well what are you after and then you say that Andy and you say oh okay well that's that's what it's all about.
1: I, I mean Marcus are we are we saying that this summer's transfer market is going to be so difficult that it's at, or we're already at the point not just where we're going to have to have loans and um, delayed purchases and obligatory clauses and stuff we're going to have to have a situation when we you know Raiola's nice to people. <laughs> yeah exactly that's
3: <laughs> how bad it is.
0: That's this never <laughs> happened before. We've reached yeah. the bottom
1: of the barrel I think
0: we might get to a point where the only people in football with any money won't be any of the clubs, it'll just be the agents and the players. Yeah. And, and,
3: and, and so there'll be no moves at all. Well, and Roman Abramovich, of course. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, because apparently his newest yacht, uh, Solaris, is almost complete. So uh, oh, thanks very much for letting me know
0: about that. Yeah, that yeah. is
3: that is big news. I was wondering I was actually worried for that. He's he's always got a few quid in his pocket. We can we can we can put the pot on that. Uh four hundred and sixty feet uh and it has cost four hundred and thirty million pounds to build. Um oh, that so is
0: huge. Four hundred and sixty yeah. feet for a yacht. That's that's over a hundred me that's a hundred odd metres. It's That that, than,
1: that doesn't count as a yacht at that point, it counts as a ship, I think, it, navally. Oh, is
3: that right? It's bigger yeah. than all of our houses and flats combined. I've no doubt. It's believed to be his eighth yacht. His current boat, Eclipse, uh, has its own missile defence system, should it come under attack, presumably from Reno Riola.
0: But I, I also <laughs> do think it's worth saying that I could pop down to like the local marina and find a boat there that's bigger than all of our flats combined. <laughs> I mean, we, live, we all live in London.
3: <laughs> we all live in a shoebox. So that's all, not a massive all, surprise. We're all bleating poverty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you see that um, there was a, a rubbish report yesterday Uh, which uh, was from Italy, that claimed that Maurizio Sarri had agreed to return to Chelsea after Lampard was sacked. But Abramovich stopped everything. He got got (laughs) the old missiles ready. another word out of you and I'm launching.
0: I'm fucking pissed (laughs) off. I'm supposed to be finishing a yacht today. I could do without this shit. But can I just say, I've been completely conditioned now, whenever anyone mentions the word Maurizio Sarri, to not think about an amazing coaching career all the way through his life, to culminating from like a literally. You know, coaching in Sunday League in 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 rural Italy, all the way through to winning the Europa League. All I think of now when those his name is mentioned is Jim Campbell saying he eats fags. Yeah, <laughs> <He> eats <laughs> fags. Absolutely,
3: absolutely. Deary me! Ah, oh, it's always nice to have a a little bit of. I just think that was European football chat, anyway. But of course, Andy, if you want more European football chat, where do you go?
1: Good old On the Continent on Football Ramble Presents. We can do that for you. Um, this week, it's me, Dot Nadebayo and Lars Sievertson. And we're talking about the Champions League quite a lot this week. Uh, we've got a bit of Lazio by and a bit of oh, Jamal Musiala. I know uh, no, you I don't, know. don't want to talk about it, Marcus, but um, yeah. so we're going to talk about it on your behalf. Um, also, you. we'll be talking about the Ménage à quatre at the top of Ligue 1.
3: Well, nice one, Andy. Uh, That, of course, is out now, ladies and gentlemen. So go to Football Ramble Presents, hit subscribe, and you will never have any regrets ever again in your (laughs) life. Let's have a quick
1: break.
2: therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. This week at Sukarnov... On the Luke and Pete show, Luke introduced me to some bizarre animal warfare.
0: In the 70s, there was a. <laughs> I can't remember going to say this, but I promise you it's true. There was a war, an actual war, between rival chimpanzee clans that went on for over four years.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, on abroad in Japan, Chris is facing off against a natural disaster.
3: So, the same day that I'd run out of fuel, right? I was like, "Well, I made it in one piece. Thank you, God." And then, and then like five hours later, the worst earthquake I've ever experienced. It was a fifteen-story building shaking from side to side. It went on so long. I was like, "This hotel's coming down, and I don't want to be in it when it does."
2: Listen to "Abroad in Japan" and the Luke and Pete Show available on your favorite podcast player.
3: All that and a whole lot more
1: at
2: Sakano.
3: Welcome back to the Football Rebel Preview show sponsored by Betway. It's time for emails.
2: Just
1: Yes, this is from Will Blackman. Uh, hi, lads. Just letting you know that while he was in the Arsenal Academy, Armand Traoré brought a knuckle duster with him to an away game at White Hart Lane. <laughs> oh
0: dear, yeah. I read about this. <laughs> did, did, I completely forgot this happened, and, uh, this, and this from uh, Will was reminded me. He said, "Yeah," he said to the, um, the Daily Mirror. He said. Um, Coming from France, I used to go to PSG v Marseille and the fans there would batter each other. And I was only 17 and just started playing for Arsenal's first team. And I had these images in my mind that I would go to the game and someone might recognise me. Um, so I thought if a Spurs fan did, I would need to be ready. So I put a knuckle duster in my pocket. Bluff.
1: I thought someone <laughs> like, might recognise me. I thought yeah, someone yeah. might recognise me. This, That's yeah. a bit of a stretch of the imagination, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not,
3: this, this does take me back to my uh, my my playing days in Edinburgh I used to play for a team and we had a lad who was we, we played a game in Nidri and anybody from Edinburgh or that area will know exactly what I mean when I say the, the, the Do the, the accent if you the get area. It the story I Don't help me <laughs> um, okay. So we, play, we were playing in, in Nidri which is a tasty area to say the least and uh, one of our goalkeepers was called Wolsey uh, that was his nickname obviously I've, I've not given his proper name <laughs> to protect him and uh, he he uh, yeah, I think he was from a rival part of town, shall we say. We turned up and we were in the changing room, tiny little changing room, and I was getting changed next to him. And I noticed that uh, he had a hammer in his uh, rucksack. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're about 14. And uh, I was like, well, what was he? What the hell have you got a hammer for in your bag? And he just went, protection, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say it was a goalkeeper. He was, he was our keeper. He I
0: love the idea of him hammering the ball away with an actual hammer from across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get a real <laughs> bit of purchase on that. Well,
3: we used to—we used to train in this uh, place in. There was a pitch. Where was it? Sort of Muir House Pilton Way again. I <laughs> look back. What on earth was I doing in those parts of town? And every time you know a cop car went past, it, everyone would be like, "Wolsey, they're coming!" You know, he's that type of guy. You know, <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh dearie me. Um. Oh chaps. Uh Now yesterday. You mentioned the Lee Sharp barbecue, uh, Luke It's It's never far away from my mind. It's never far away. And you rightly said that my biggest regret of... Well, not my career, my life was when I met Lee Sharp <laughs> and, I, and I never asked him about this bloody barbecue. Because yeah. years ago, we had an email from somebody that, that mentioned uh, this Lee Sharp barbecue when he was obviously playing at Manchester United at, at the height of his sort of success and fame. And we were always a bit like, what on earth? What, what on earth happened? So I went down on the, uh, an internet uh, rabbit hole to bloody try and find out. And I and I've got it. I found something huh. eventually. And in his interview with Lee Sharp, he said that he used to receive fan mail in his early twenties. Now, one can forget, or perhaps not know, depending on your age and whatnot, um, is that Lee Sharp was a phenomenally. Uh, Of popular footballer, he was was like the pre-runner to sort of Beckham, and well, he was a pin-up, right? He was, yeah, and and there was, you know, he he was. The sort of the Stone Roses uh, to David Beckham's Oasis, if you will,
0: and don't forget Ryan Giggs. Obviously, you know, talked as he tried to, he sort of led Ryan Giggs astray a little bit until Sir Alex Ferguson intervened. That's right, know? that's right, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, he said that he was getting so much fan mail in his early twenties. His mate said they should start the Lee Sharp fan club, and again, that was a very sort of late eighties, nineties thing of, of the fan club of a certain person. And they got people to answer the mail, and, and they would send out cassettes every month so Lee could tell everybody what he was getting up to. <laughs> and he said, every year we'd organise a barbecue. So it happened at a yeah. nightclub on a Sunday afternoon, and kids would come from everywhere, and we would use supporters' buses to bring them to Old Trafford to see the club museum. Then at 2 pm, we'd go to this nightclub. We'd have a barbecue outside and have local bands and DJs playing outside. There'd be t- about 2,000 kids there. Seems like a bloody good afternoon, that, Anne. Yeah. You'd agree. Yes.
1: Yes. And he said, well, yeah. I mean,
3: you he- could go there now. I mean, I'm 40 now, but it'd be a bit weird.
0: But if I was at that age, I'd
3: have been loving it. You've not sent your cassettes out for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get back on it, man, for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, uh, he said that he took some of the young lads at Manchester United along with him once, including a young David Beckham. And huh. Sharp said that they once put on a fashion show for these barbecues, and they were, there was all these teenage girls screaming after him, and blah blah blah. And apparently Beckham turned round to Sharp and said, "Oh my word, Sharp, you're a legend. I'll never have any of this." Well, <laughs> 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 how about that, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hi the
0: And then Marcus, just as an end <laughs> of the story, what happened to David Beckham?
3: Uh, he went on to play in, uh, <laughs> for Preston, Project, Preston, Major League yeah. Soccer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he, I'll load at Preston and Preston North End. Yeah. Uh, so, so there we are. Um, if you if you went to one of these barbecues or you know anybody there's got to be someone out there get in touch with crying out loud show at footballramble.com you can tweet us at footballramble gentlemen before we go to the Premier League I want everybody to look at the League 2 table because it's quite lovely Cambridge are top with 52 points um, and the the, the, the team the, the way the teams go down all the way to 10th they all go down by a point
0: it's incredible. It's, it's aesthetically much it, it, more it pleasing brilliant. to look at than I thought it would be. Yes. <laughs> and when, when young Finn brought this to my attention, I just thought, oh, bless him, young yeah. lad. He's trying to find some fun stuff. But actually looking at it, it's great. Mm. Um, and also, it's even more interesting given that teams have played like a load of jumbled up numbers of games. Exactly. So Carlisle have only played 26, for yeah. example, whereas Cambridge United are the top
3: And they've played 31. So it's incredible to see. It really is. It's the story of the week for me. I think so. So do have a quick look at the League 2 table, the top 10. Before
0: it changes. Before it changes, Andy, exactly. (laughs) Can I also just say, I I also have a very, very visceral um, aversion to looking at anything in League Two after the the amount of time Portsmouth spent. It
3: takes a lot to get me to look at a League Two table, trust me. Indeed it does. Uh, Gentlemen, back to the Premier League. Liverpool are facing Sheffield United. Um, Horrendous news uh, that Alison's father uh, drowned in a lake near his holiday home in South Brazil on Wednesday. I mean, it just... It, it absolutely awful and i and i know to put that into a sort of footballing context for liverpool seems a bit sort of crass and uh, and whatnot, but you know they've struggled with injuries they've struggled with sort of you know Klopp's, you know his 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 mother obviously died on off field sort mm. of uh, tragedy and so on it oh, just it, it's awful for alisson
0: yeah absolutely it's a it's a timely reminder particularly in these really difficult times that we're all living through that you know football players are human beings and have these um have these you know, these things happening every day to them as well. And, you know, I know it sounds like an obvious thing to say, but actually it's not because not often enough do football fans or do we in the media think of them in that way. And we've seen it happen, as you said, Marcus, with Klopp. Of course, we saw it happen not that long ago with Steve Bruce and, and his his parents. And now we're seeing it with Alison. Um, it's really, really sad. And then we actually mentioned it in a slightly different context yesterday with referees, um, people coming up with ideas about how we can almost... On, on the face of it give referees more respect but what we're actually talking about is humanising them and not seeing mm. them as, as as some kind of other rather than being the actual human beings that they are trying to do their best job and everyone goes through these tragedies and it's a really yeah. sad story and our, our condolences obviously go out to Alison yeah. and his family and, and actually Melissa Reddy's Between the Lines show um, this week uh, talks exactly about this kind of thing the idea that Footballers are human beings who go through personal struggles and have psychological um difficulties and stuff so it's worth listening to as well but um yeah very very sad story I completely agree
1: yeah and so much is expected of them I think in in the current context where football has almost become like the Truman show really in 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 yeah. in, in, in the last sort of nine yeah. months or so or so um, it's really been out of our lives and you know I think we saw that with uh Thierry Henry living in Montreal uh you know the fact that it's just got to a point where he's I, I, I don't see my kids they're, they're, they're back home in, in London and I need to I need to go home and you know I, th- I think it's reasonable we've seen a, a couple of other players like that you know completely isolated from from their families and you know it's one of the aspects of the international aspects of the game that makes it tough for a lot of players at the moment and I, I think we should do better to understand that mm.
3: absolutely right absolutely right um, but uh, going back to the football you know Liverpool versus Sheffield United it's, it's a game that now Liverpool could bloody well do with a win uh, and the way Sheffield United have been this season the, you would think that Liverpool this is a good opportunity for them. Um now Glenn Johnson former Liverpool player of course has suggested that Liverpool could sack Klopp if his form continues next season which is quite the take really <laughs> considering I, I, Yeah I don't I don't I don't personally see
0: that happening I think you know, I think it would probably... I mean, even if you got to that stage, I imagine they would want to handle it in a far more tactful way than that anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they, 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 they obviously... I, don't, I just don't see them ever doing that. What I would say about the... Um, well, not ever doing that. You know when they, they, you, you
1: say know. deal with it in a far more tactful way, do you mean like they'd maybe move stadium and not tell him or something like that?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Just change all the
0: locks on the training
1: ground? Yeah, yeah it could be. Yeah. It could be. Well, no,
0: I, I I mean that they would say, look, let's, let's kind of deal with this the best way we can, let's yeah. you, know, you know, you've decided that you all of a sudden because lots of people have said that you might want to go and manage the German national mm-hmm. team, right? So maybe they'll say if that if those stars align, they'll say he's decided that you know it's best for everyone if he moves on at this point and you know blah blah blah. They're not gonna, there's no way Liverpool are gonna come out of a release a press release and go we've sacked Jurgen Klopp. It just <laughs> wouldn't
3: happen. True, although I mean you say about you know maybe the German national side, some boffins at Build have calculated that there is a 68 percent chance that Klopp will walk away next summer and take charge of the German national team from the start of 2023 I was
1: going to say interesting uh, contextual use of boffins there some boffins that build it's like saying editor of the Daily Star Stephen Hawking <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, to, to, to me Klopp uh, in charge of a national team seems quite out of context you know he's someone who uh, thrives off that contact that yes. sort of almost mania of, of, of the game now interestingly day
3: to day week to week
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Whereas I I think interestingly, um, in recent times, because the relationship between uh, Hansi Flick and Hassan Salhamazic at Bayern hasn't been brilliant, there's been a lot of talk in Germany about maybe Hansi Flick would take over from Jörgy Love, his old is our boss as the, as, as, as the German national coach going forward. And Karl-Heinz Rummenigge obviously had a massive strop at this and had a massive go at Oliver Bierhoff, who's kind of like the technical director, uh, general manager of the, the, the German national team. But imagine that. How many times does that happen in international football where you've got a coach on the way out or possibly on the way out. And you've got an incredible shortlist of of coaches yeah. coming up. I mean, that, that would be the best shortlist for an international job ever, if those two <laughs> were really on it.
3: That's a good point. It's
0: a good point, Andy. Well, um, I, yes, sorry, Mark, me. I am just going to say the game itself, Sheffield United-Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I think we all agree that Sheffield United are going to be relegated this season. But but it's a fascinating game, this, because Liverpool have lost their last four Premier League games in a row, right? And a lot of the time, what seems to have happened to me is they, they get the ball... They don't move the ball quick enough. They've got no temper. They don't fashion out decent chances, and after a while they start to lose faith, right? And 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 they and they get punished at the bat because of different reasons. Perhaps because they've got some personnel missing and you know, key personnel, and, and maybe one or two other reasons. And if I if I was um, if I was um, Chris Wilder, I'd be saying, look, just stick in there. Stick in there for as long as you can. This game tomorrow, but
1: they've been quite good at that anyway this season, haven't exactly.
0: they? Exactly, they've been a bit unlucky, I think. Sheffield United, mm. from what I've seen. So if they can stick in there, uh, I know it's at Anfield, but it's not. You know, there's no fans there. It's not the same as it's been. And Liverpool have lost some games against lesser opposition at Anfield mm-hmm. recently. So, and 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 if Liverpool, and Sheffield United can get like a real character-building win against Liverpool, who knows what could happen? Because Fulham have been able to breach the gap. Mm-hmm. You know, they've they've breached the gap. No question. I know they're in a slightly better position than before than Sheffield United are, but they they've done it and. It, it doesn't, it doesn't look anywhere near a cut-and-dried relegation picture now than it did um, because of what Fulham have done. So, you, you, know, you never know. Well, don't
3: take a leaf out of Sadio Mano's book then. He would say to his uh, Sheffield United players, Chris Wilder, when he said uh, asked about uh, the Premier League title and whatnot, he just went, it's over. It's too much. It's <laughs> over. No, no, yeah. just, uh, OK, Sadio. Does he know he's still got to turn up? There's always he's still got to ne- come to game. There's always next season. Yeah. Um, talking about relegation, West Brom versus Brighton, crucial one crucial one because brighton it was a bitter defeat on monday night to crystal palace i've never heard jewels be it was funny actually listening to not funny sorry but listening to <laughs> Jules on that Tuesday. it was morning, quite funny it was like it, it's a bit like i don't know if you get like um you know you get you know you you hit your knee or, or you get hitting the balls by the football or whatever and you sort of everyone's like, are you okay and you're gonna go no i'm fine i'm fine yeah, no, I'm just I'm fine. And as you're you're processing it, as you're saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. You're thinking you're not quite fine. You just you need to <laughs> a little bit more processing. And then you, yeah, okay, we're all here with you. Um, so I really hope uh, that uh, for Jules' sake that Brighton can win this game because my goodness, you know. And if they don't, they again you say with, with Fulham's recent uh, wins and, and draws, they do love a draw. Um, Brighton don't want to be looking over their shoulder, um, and and a win in this game again it just relaxes. Everybody, Andy, just just takes that little bit of pressure off. But against big Sam Allardyce, you never know.
1: And like after Monday night, you never know, because how is it possible to dominate a game like that and, well. uh, uh, and not win it? Um, it was extraordinary. Of course, it's not the first time it's happened to them against uh, Crystal Palace. I kind of feel that Brighton should be good enough to to stay up, but I kind of feel that Newcastle will scrape enough wins despite not really being good enough to stay up as well. So, you yeah, know, Fulham have made it super interesting and, and that puts, I think, a, a, another extra pressure on it, really.
3: Yeah. Um, well... West Brom fans obviously would be very, very... Well, will they be concerned or will they sort of accepting the fact that they might go down? I mean, there's still a chance. Whenever it's mathematically possible, there's always always something to play for, of course. Allardyce said midweek that uh, they have a chance to survive if they keep eight clean sheets in their remaining 13 games. And they have three so far. <laughs> oh, easy, easy then.
1: Easy. It's tall yeah. order. Yeah.
3: It's tall order. But Allardyce thinks relegation would not impact his credibility. He said, if you have an established record, more often than not, other jobs come along. So he's already... You know, don't worry about me, lads. I'll be okay.
0: Well, I think I think you know it's easy to say that clean sheet business when you've already conceded something like two and a half goals a game on average all season. Yeah. So that's that's a bigger a bigger turnaround to do than than it probably sounds like. And you know, look, so, for for anyone under the age of forty, Sam Allardyce is a joke. And <laughs> I I, that's I harsh. would I would love. For, um, for Brighton to beat West Brom, not because I have any problem with West Brom personally. It's an amazing club, really storied old old club. And I've got, I know I always say this, but I've got a few friends who support West Brom and good, and good luck to them. I would like to, I, I also went through the pain that Jules went through on, on, on the show earlier in the week just by listening to her. I, I'd like her to get a win for Brighton's sake and uh, for her sake. And I'd like West Brom to lose because I, I think Sam Allardyce is
3: an absolutely anachronistic dinosaur and I'd love to see him relegated from the Premier League. Well, okay. Well, I appreciate you not sitting on the fence at all. Why
0: do I get so much shit on Twitter?
3: Yeah, <laughs> you can't <laughs> say that Allardyce is a joke. I mean, you think about the job he did at Palace to keep them up for crying. Like, you know, he's done okay. He's a, but, he, but he's not a
0: joke. He's Look, a buffoon me, when he comes me, out <laughs> with stuff like that.
3: Okay. Let me qualify it then. Let me qualify it okay.
0: then. Okay. So his record at a... At, at a point mm-hmm. w- on the pitch yeah. was a perfectly respectable one mm-hmm. uh, and he's done some amazing things in his career and I don't need to go over those again because we all know what they are mm-hmm. but he has undermined his achievements on the pitch yeah. by being an absolutely ridiculous character <laughs> off the pitch consistently for I'd probably say over five years now
3: okay look so, could, could this be could this be seen quite simply with his England career in that he's the only England manager that I can think of has got a 100% win ratio record and yet he's <laughs> off the field uh, <laughs> Behavior yeah. I sort of undermined that somewhat.
0: But I don't think that was I don't think that was like I don't really necessarily think that what he did there was in in the cold light of day was actually that well, bad. Drink, on drinking paper. a pint of
3: wine in wings.
0: But, yeah, but what, but what is <laughs> what's he even doing there? Do you know what I mean? We don't have to, able to rehash that. But wings what I'm is saying a good is, restaurant though. You you can you cannot um, push to one side mm. the absolutely. Uh-huh. Like ridiculous comments he makes about himself and about the game over and over again. Like He's he's a legend in his own lunchtime. I think he's a complete idiot. What, what, so I, why, why am I going to say any different? No, no,
3: I think that's I think that's very fair. Get I'm Brassel just, involved. If yeah. Brassel puts the boot and you know you're onto a win. And he don't want to talk about <laughs> Sam Allardyce. What I would say, though, is that type of manager, you know, if, with Allardyce, you know, relegation sort of specialist or whatever, if, is he going to leave West Bromwell? If he does leave, then maybe they'll have Alan Pardew back. Or perhaps not, because Pardew seems to have sort of moved on. He's trying to move on from his uh, uh, sort of role of that sort of English manager coming in and trying to get a club going because he'd been talking about his role at CSKA Sofia and apparently he's, he's enjoying the fact that he's not in a relegation scrap there. Um, and he, he began his interview saying, in Holland, my job was to keep them in the top division. This was at Den Haag, which I did. But for once, it's really nice to not be fighting against everything.
1: I'm fighting for something. Which I did because the season ended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love the way you framed that, Marcus. As uh, the reason, the reason he won't go back to West Brom is because he's moved on. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 quite a stretch there. I did like as well when he went on to talk about um, CSK's wrestling club as well, oh, um, yeah. which reminded me very much of. Uh, Chiro in Gomorrah, where he goes to <laughs> Oh yeah when, when he's in Bulgaria <laughs> and he goes to he goes to do his yeah. business at the at, at yeah. the wrestling club, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. I, I can just imagine Pards like walking through the door, sort of seeing all these wrestlers and going, I'm Chiro me. I'm Chiro doing the dance. It's,
0: it's, <laughs> it's worth remembering as well. Pard saying you're right, Andy, to point out the fact that the Era Eredivisie season ended, and they so and so it was Den Haag, wasn't it? Stayed in the uh, in the top fly. It was Den Haag, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I'm not being completely stupid. here. Yeah, so uh, I, I looked this up earlier when we were going to be talking about it. And the uh, season before that, Den half finished ninth, mm. And the season before that, they finished 7th. So it's, it's not as though well, they've been knocking in. on the door they every year. They got him year. in
3: to, to be the, the Ghostbuster, didn't they? To, to save them yeah. from relegation. And as you say, Andy, it was it was rather good fortune that he kept them up. Um, but there we are. All right, it's time for
0: Betway's 4 to score. It is indeed time for Betway's 4 to score. Every week we do it around this time. Uh, you just pick the first goal scorer in Betway's 4 selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. And it is, of course, completely free to enter. But make sure selections are submitted before the first game and further T's and C's apply. Marcus Speller, the brave boy, is stepping up for game one again. It's Leicester v Arsenal on, um, on Sunday lunchtime. Marcus, who have you gone for? Jamie Vardy no further questions your honour game number two is Andy Brassel it's Spurs versus Burnley
1: and I've gone for something far more maverick like Harry Kane (laughs) (laughs) I'll
0: tell you what I don't blame you for that either Um, he was he didn't play in Wednesday did he in the Europa League game no he didn't no okay um, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Game number three is Chelsea v Manchester United, the aforementioned game. We told you already that Pete was picking. Uh, has he gone for no sco- no goal scorer at all? Let's find out now.
2: All right, then it's Friday for a score. Lovely. Harry Maguire, please. Harry Maguire, first goal in the Chelsea-Man United match. Let's see who's smiling by Monday. Lukey Mua. So Harry Maguire for Pete. Ooh. Harry Maguire. Um, that means it's
0: guaranteed to be nil-nil now. Now, game number four is me, and it's Sheffield United v Liverpool, a game we've also mentioned on the show today. I've decided to be a little bit mischievous. Ooh. I'm still high on the John Stones shout of about <laughs> <three> <laughs> years ago. Uh, I've gone for Billy Sharp. Okay. What do you think about that? I think it's brave. Thank you very much.
1: I think you should have gone for a former Leicester player because all the previous three have played for Leicester, haven't they? No
0: interesting yeah good point yeah okay I could have done that no I've gone for Billy Sharp so in summary our four picks for first goal scorers and Betway's four selected games are Jamie Vardy Harry Kane Harry Maguire and Billy Sharp. If those four um, players all score the first goal in those games, then we will win £50,000, which we will give to charity. And you have a chance to win two, but make sure your selections are submitted before the first game and that you are over 18 uh, and do gamble responsibly. Further T's and C's apply. But for more information on responsible gambling, head to begambleaware.org. All right, now it's time for this. one of games is quite difficult to explain but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it yes indeed it's a long awaited return of Andy Brassel the champion the current serving champion against the people's champion the former champion the former number one seed uh, Marcus Mm. Speller um Guys, can I, I mean, Andy, I'll come to you first. How do you feel about having to defend your title here today?
1: Uh, well, the only reason I uh, come on a Friday and turn up for this is because, uh, listeners, Marcus flexes the guns when it's, <laughs> it's time for it to happen. Yeah. And, um, well, w- we're going to see how aroused I am over the course of the next five <laughs> questions. You
3: know Speaking of, of guns and just then Sheffield United, I think it's Ender Stevens who when he's, he takes the throw-ins down the left, I think it's old Ender. When he t- when he t- He's ripped. Yeah. Yeah, I think I know what you
0: mean. Or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Marcus, interestingly speaking, I mean, you're, you're a man with some fair, a fair, fair pair of guns yourself, or I haven't seen him in person recently for obvious reasons, <laughs> but I look forward to that day <laughs> returning. Some pea shooters. Uh, since, <laughs> since you lost um, your title, you've had two good wins against Vish and Jim, so yeah. you have know, probably timed this fairly well, building back up to another title tilt. I was quite fortunate um,
3: against Vish, to be fair.
0: Well, listen, you've got to take the win and move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're up first because Andy's Ooh. the champion. Big old So Andy. that's how it works. The first player's played for eight clubs in total. Mm-hmm. You will know him well. Uh-huh. Everyone listening probably will know him at least fairly well, if they're mm-hmm. of a certain age at least. He's played for eight clubs in total. <laughs> he retired in 2012. The first player, Marcus, is Sylvain Wiltord. going to say Four. Four, that's a very solid opening bid. Andy, could I hear five from you or perhaps even higher? You're welcome to go higher if you want.
1: Um, I'll go five.
0: Do I hear six from you, Marcus? I suspect not. No. Okay, Andy, one at a time, please. Could you name five clubs that Sylvain Vultour just played for?
1: Well, of course, the best club he played for was Olympic Lyonnais.
0: Eh? <laughs> that's correct, that's one.
1: He played for the Arsenal.
0: He did, that's two.
1: He played for Le Bordeaux.
0: He did. That's three. Maybe getting back down the chateau. Sort of things <laughs> out down there.
1: Need two more. He still looks like he could play, doesn't he?
0: Wren. Um, yes, indeed. That's four.
1: Nantes.
0: Oui. That's five. Well played. One so. nil to Andy Brussels Well played. Three Three spells at Wren. So he played for Wren. A bit of time at um, Deportivo. Then Wren again. Bordeaux, Arsenal, Lyon, Wren. Marseille, Mets, and ended his career at Nantes, as Andy says. Okay, Andy, you're up I first for this one.
3: Deportivo,
0: yeah. Yeah. 1 0 to Andy Brussel. The next to played for five clubs in total. He retired in 2006. Um, and he is a player whose name always has to be used in, in, his, in its entirety whenever he's mentioned.
1: Well, it can't be Solly Marsh. <laughs> <It's> Rob- <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's Rob Lee. Rob Lee. Rob Lee.
0: Andy, you're up first. Five clubs, please.
1: This is difficult because he's played for quite a few clubs for a long amount of time.
0: Yeah, this <sighs> is like, yeah, cry me a river. Just tell me him.
1: <laughs> Alright. I can go. How many how many did you say again?
0: Five, please.
1: Ah, uh, right.
0: Play along at home. Listeners need to play along. Sit, test themselves against the very best. And Andy and Marcus are the best at this game that I've encountered. So play along. See how you can get on. Five clubs that Rob Lee has played for. And then a bid from you, please, Andy.
1: I'll give
0: you four. Oh, doesn't give you much room for manoeuvre, <laughs> Marcus, that.
3: I, I, that is very impressive. I, I've got. No, I can't do five. You want Andy to name and, it four? Andy, I tell you what, Andy's flexing his championship muscles here. Gives you a confidence, doesn't it, having that belt?
1: Yeah. Look, look as, yeah. long as, as long as you flex, flex the muscles again, Marcus, will all be happy.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Andy. So you want Andy to go four, Marcus, yeah? yeah. Okay, Blandy, one at a time, please. Four clubs that Rob Lee's played for.
1: Uh, Charlton.
0: That's correct. Started his career there.
1: Newcastle United.
0: Correct. Spent a long time there. Ten years.
1: West Ham United.
0: That's also correct. That's three.
1: Derby County.
0: There's your four. Well played. That is impressive. The only one he didn't get was Wickham Wanderers, which he ended his career at. Um, And there was a little curveball in there because he did sign for Oldham Athletic, but he never actually played...
1: Uh, competitive games. Oh no, we could have had Dietmar Haman all over again. Could have done.
3: See, ad- have done. Andy, I think, is um, I can't think of a football or a football team that, that, that you remember. Maybe it's like, I don't know like certain times when you play Real Madrid sometimes in La Liga they just don't seem that bothered about that competition then it's Champions League like, oh we care about this and then they just blow everyone away <laughs> and that's yeah. what Andy's like when he's, when he's got yeah. the belt he's like yeah no I, this is mine and it like, takes a long time to get it off him
0: it's not he's done yet that Andy's, Andy's, done Andy's
3: yet. midriff has been largely unchanged
0: for the last five years I <laughs> <laughs> I think so yeah.
1: Yeah, I if only eh if only
0: yeah. <laughs> Mark has a chance to bounce back in now because you're going first and the player here has also played for five clubs mm-hmm. he's technically still playing and yeah. um, uh, he's Jack Rodwell Rodders five clubs very gettable this for you get you back in the mix mm-hmm. let us know what you're thinking where's that sweet spot what are you thinking what's on your mind give us a number this will be easy for a easier for our listeners I think Tends to do. they tend to do much better when it's a player that's still playing yeah ah uh. Gotta get this right here. I do. It's a shit or bust for you now. It is.
3: Andy, how confident you are in this one?
0: <laughs> he's just he's just tapping away, writing away on this piece on this piece of paper. He's not going to get anything out of him. Marcus, this is your bit. I need to get. I need to give him. Not it. That,
1: right. Not that. Not that. Actually. I'll go three. Andy, I'm gonna take four. I thought he might. I couldn't quite
0: remember the fourth. Go on. Are you gonna have a guess at five? Are you gonna are you gonna step up, or are you gonna give him a chance to
3: to, to run all over you? I regret not saying four now. Ah, oh, I just... No, I can't do 5 you He'll have to do four.
0: You sure? You yeah. don't want to take it in your own hands? No, Go I, out on I, your I, shield? I,
3: I, I, yeah, it's too much guessing.
0: Okay, all right. I've been a tagler
3: this game. Too much guessing. <laughs> uh,
0: of course, I forgot to do the tag at the start. Fire in the belly, head in the freezer. Oh, that's Russell... why I'm
3: struggling. Yeah, sorry, that. mate. I think <laughs> I yeah, kick yeah, you yeah. up for it.
0: Uh, Andy, can you do? Fo- can you please just guarantee and confirm to everyone listening you have the fire in your belly and your head in the freezer by giving us four clubs that Jack Rodwell's played for and bringing this home, bringing home the bacon. I do. Go ahead.
1: Right, Manchester City. That's correct. Sunderland.
0: That's also correct.
1: I can't quite master the Macam accent, so I wasn't going to attempt that. Came
0: across really well in the Um, documentary, didn't
1: he? (laughs) Didn't he just? Uh, Everton. Started his career there. One more, please. Sheffield United.
2: Andy Brassel wins. Saw that one coming.
0: in. He's still there now. That's a win for Andy Brassel. 3-0. Incredible
3: scene. Did he play for Middlesbrough as well? No, the other club he played for was Blackburn Rovers. Oh, Blackburn. I couldn't, yeah... Yeah. Who, who did
1: Randy. he? I, I never would have got Blackburn. Actually, he played for someone. He signed for someone abroad, but never played for them.
3: Yeah, that that was confusing me. Didn't I make it onto I,
0: my list, so I couldn't tell you. Mm,
3: I think you, I think you. you're right there, Andy. I think he someone play, Dutch. Yeah, I think. that's. It. Oh, oh yeah. I. I for some reason I had Middlesbrough in mind. I couldn't remember who he was bloody currently playing for because I knew he wasn't getting much game time, and it's a current Premier League side. I mean, he doesn't actually play, does he? No,
0: exactly.
2: So, so, <laughs> yeah.
3: he
0: doesn't really play football much. Anymore. But has he played um, for
3: Sheffield United? Yes, he has. Yeah. Okay, right. He has, yes,
0: get so he I thought it a there. Um, yeah, no, sadly <laughs> not. Um, so the last two players we had for you, um, it would have been, uh, Andy, you'd have been up first for Sokratis, who's still playing. Um,
3: four maybe. Marcus. <laughs> have a look spin no I I, there's, I think there's a certain type of player that I know very very well and then there's others that I, <laughs> I don't think to myself oh blimey no go and do your four Andy um, Olympiakos, yeah Milan yeah
1: Dortmund yeah Arsenal
0: yeah that's great um, it's remarkable the quality of clubs that Socrates has played for yeah, well, like <laughs> <laughs> like uh, AEK Athens a uh, bit of time on loan at Niki Volu Genoa uh, Genoa sorry AC Milan uh, Werder Bremen Borussia mm. Dortmund Arsenal and Olympiacos my goodness and the final player we had for you guys was it would have been Andy up first it would have been um, no sorry it would have been Marcus up first it would have been Steven Pienaar Marcus who's played for seven clubs in total
1: seven clubs
3: bloody hell uh, three should we let? Should we let Marcus name the no, three? No, Andy, Andy? Yeah,
1: play the game. Play the game. Okay, Andy. Um, I'm not sure. I've got one three actually.
3: Um, go on, Andy. Have a go for. Go on. You, you could have a, a, a very impressive outing here if you do the whole.
1: thing. I lot. will go for four. Go on, lad. Okay, four. This, then, should,
0: Andy. this
3: should be this would be absolute dominant. This is Pep Guardiola's Barcelona winning five 0 against Real Madrid. This
1: Dortmund.
0: That's correct. I completely forgot he played for them. Mm. Everton. Spent four spells there, technically. Four? Yeah, because he, he converted some loans and some perms. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Uh, Tottenham. Yes. I'm, I'm not sure which one. I'm going to go for Ajax Cape Town. Very good. Yes, that's also correct. That's 5-0. That's that a battering.
3: Is, do you know what? I'll hold my hands up there. Yeah, what can you do? That is very impressive.
1: Shut your face and flex those guns.
3: <laughs> do you know, I can't flex anything, Andy. When I'm treated like that, I just have to lie down like a little poodle. I have to just roll over. <laughs> Let me just give you the rundown very quickly. Ajax Cape Town,
0: Ajax, Borussia Dortmund, Everton, Spurs, Everton again, Sunderland and Bidvest Witz, who I've never heard of, but yeah. uh, he really played for them as well. So there you go. 5-0 to Andy. Well played.
1: The the, the thing with this game I find that's quite difficult as the weeks go by is so many players have had undignified spells at Sunderland <laughs> that it makes you think it makes you think that everyone played for Sunderland at some point. Yeah.
3: yeah it's very true. It's very it's true. true. And I'd tell you what, you can pull the stuff like that out of your locker in a way that no one else can. But then you could you went down that famous time 3-0 quite early on to Cape Mason. You know, you it's when you fall your You're you're like um as I say, uh, a big side like that, like Spain, dominating the international scene, and then suddenly somebody comes along, gets a lucky punch, and then you fall. Yeah. And it wasn't me today. So you're saying that Andy Brassel's defeat to Kate Mason was when Spain got knocked out in the group stage
0: of the World Cup? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> but he's back stronger now, he's, he's yeah. come back. Yeah, yeah. So he looks very good. He's on great form, and I hope everyone listening enjoyed that. I mean, play along at home, as I say. But Brassel looks
3: like he's going to take some beating in the weeks to come. Very much so. Very much so. Well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. We're we'll back on Monday, of course, for more ramble chat. Enjoy the weekend's football. Say goodbye, Luke Moore. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Andy Brassel. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me.